Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Matt Harmon. Scott Pianowski and Andy Behrens are here as well to recap last night's I don't know. Game feels like the wrong word to use for that blowout. It wasn't very much of a game at all. Maybe we can just call it last night's event. Uh, Last night's scheduled viewing of NFL football and a peculiar off-memed halftime show. But let's just just jump right into it, guys. Uh, Instant reaction uh, from both of you. Andy, I know you mentioned earlier that you had a lot of thoughts on the game. So go ahead and kick us off here. Yeah, no, I think you framed it correctly. It was a it was a spectacle. It was a shared spectacle. And I'm glad we had one of those uh, together. I guess like, like first thing, Tampa just had stellar game plans on both sides executed brilliantly, like just a triumph of a game for for bulls for left witch for Arians, some great individual play. Like, I'm I'm on board with all that. Um, that said, I think I think when I look back on this game uh, in future years, the the absolute first thing I'm going to think of is is what I thought in the moment was just a, a brutal phantom holding call on Ward uh, on the on the Matthew interception that I thought really that I thought really flipped things because that's a change of possession in Chiefs territory that ultimately becomes a drive that ends in a Tampa Bay touchdown. Um, I like, I also thought the the late call against Matthew in the end zone against Evans was, was a brutal one. Um, and it's not like, I don't know, sports happen and you got to overcome bad calls and all that. And I totally, I totally get it. Um, I, I thought it was really disruptive uh, to, to game flow and, and my own appreciation of that thing. I, I really didn't, I really had a problem with the officiating the first half. And then the chiefs were, were terrible. Like it was a, it was just not, I don't know. Like it's a it's a disappointing game because I pinned all these expectations to it because we're we're getting Mahomes and Brady and this is awesome. Yeah. And I just in in my own head I was like like I didn't even I didn't even allow for the possibility that it wouldn't be a classic. And then it was very much right. not a classic. And that was you know eighty percent of the fault of that is is I think the Chiefs like every you know every primary receiver had a drop. Um, two guys had balls hit him in the face. Uh, that they didn't come up with. Um, Hill had another hit him in the numbers. Ke- like Kelsey had a drop. Like that's just really disappointing. They couldn't punt. Um, they, <laughs> like, they they couldn't yeah, tackle. Yeah. They couldn't punt. Um, like literally Butker and Mahomes were the two guys that showed up. And uh, it was just a massive disappointment. And of course, again, you have to credit Tampa Bay with a lot of that, but not all of it. Yeah, I got to tell you, when when Kelsey dropped the one pass, 
early on in the game on third down after Mahomes made one of his many like miraculous escapes of the night. And then it hits Kelsey right in the numbers and he just drops it. I'm like, that was one of those times when I got that feeling like this, this really just, this really just might not be their night. But uh, Scott, what do you, what do you say? How, what's your instant reaction coming out of this one? Yeah, I don't think it's a game I'm ever going to want to watch again. It, it reminded me <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> of the of the Seattle Denver Super Bowl. It, well, not necessarily in the same cadence because mm. Seattle grabbed that game by the throat right away, but it was just lopsided. Um, I think when we think back of Peyton Manning's career, we don't think of that Super Bowl. I, I think when we look back on Patrick Mahomes' career, we're not going to look back on this game. Todd Bowles will be near the top of the, the next coaching carousel. It stinks that th- there's no seats left to, to, to be yeah. sat in right now, but this is Todd Bowles' job interview, what he just did. He just made Drew Brees look really pretty lousy. Brees had a, a stake in that, of course. Uh, he goes on the road, beats Green Bay. And, um, you know, I mean, what, the only the only quarterback who really looked good against Todd Bowles this, this offseason was uh, Taylor Heineke in this, in this postseason. So <laughs> save that what you will. I thought the Chiefs. I thought the um, Bucks had a great plan, but yeah, the officiating stunk. I, I think Tampa Bay was so much better in this game that it's hard for me to imagine. And this is from somebody who had Kansas City as a pick. Most of my interests were in Kansas City this game, but mostly I watched this game as a fan. I didn't have a big stake in this game. It's um, I'm not going to be eating cat food or anything like that. But I, I look at this back as the Todd Bowles game, and that the Tampa Bay defense on all three levels, their, their pass rush. I, I can't remember Mahomes having any clean pockets. It felt like he was running for his life on every snap. Now, it didn't help that by the second half, they were behind by so many points that the idea of a balanced offense was kind of out the window. But So that's an advantage to Tampa Bay, just easier to scheme against that. But I thought getting a pass rush without exotic things, Tampa Bay could do that all night. Their linebackers, they have a couple of stars in that group. And then the secondary grew up. You know, you look back at where this Tampa Bay team was week one against New Orleans. They were so undisciplined. They got blown out that night. And, you know, they really came together as a unit and dominated this game. I, you know, I, again, Kansas City can look at a couple of them, the penalties and everything like that. I thought the the uncatchable ball to Evans in the um, in the end zone was a joke. I mean, I, you know, even if you think yeah. there's contact there, that ball, there's no way. I mean, Harold Carmichael's not making that catch. Shaquille O'Neal's not making that catch. <laughs> I don't know. All due respect to Mike Evans, he's not making that catch either. But um, I just thought Tampa Bay dominated. It was cool to see Gronkowski uh, have, have a big game. You know, I, the hot prop going into the week was Cameron Brait. And I, I just thought it was kind of cool that at least Gronkowski just reminded us, hey, I'm, I'm still here. I've still got a Hall of Fame bust chiseled whenever I decide to retire and, and wait the the requisite number of years. I thought it was cool for him. And I know Brady said he's coming back. After every recent Brady Super Bowl, I've thought to myself, okay, great, great time to do the John Elway. Get out of here. <laughs> Even the loss against the Eagles, I would have retired. But you know, yeah. Tom Brady's been on his own schedule. And I guess we have to talk about it. I I would retire if I were him. What what he's been to 10, he's won seven. What I, you know, again, this was a team win. I don't want to make it seem like you know Brady threw four fifty at the at the Chiefs or anything. But how much better can it be? I, I, you know, do you think he's going to have multiple touchdown uh, championship runs with Tampa Bay? I, I would get out right now if I were Brady. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, obviously he's just he's on his own schedule, like you said. Uh, I mean, he he pretty much immediately shot it down. Bruce Arians also shot it down too. They asked him about retiring. I thought there was like a, a small chance that maybe Bruce would walk away because it's always seemed like he's mm. on a short term deal with this with this group, anyways. Plus, he's made it clear that one of the reasons he wanted to come back was to elevate 
some of these guys like Todd Bowles. Byron Leftwich is a guy that I think will end up getting a head coaching job at some point, too. And obviously a bunch of the other assistants down the line, too. It's it's the most diverse staff in the NFL when you look at um, obviously last night we've had first couple female coaches to win a Super Bowl. There's a ton of minority candidates on this on this staff as well, which is it's crazy that these two teams, both of them are going to run back so much of that same staff from last year because their coaching staffs just weren't purged at all. That's probably not going to be the case next year. So I thought there was a small chance that Bruce would retire and then hand it over to either a Leftwich or a Foles, but he shot that down as well. This this Bucks team is going to run it back, but we'll touch on that um, later. I'm with you, Scott, that I thought the officiating was obviously there – were, there were some questions, whatever, but the story to me in this game was just – Tampa Bay whooped that ass, man, like on both sides (laughs) of the ball. Obviously, people will be all up in arms about Tom Brady winning MVP or whatever because he's a quarterback. Basically, I think it's just like a donkey bet at this point to bet against anyone but the – like to bet for anyone but the quarterback to win MVP. But Brady diced up that Chiefs defense that had been playing really well in the the postseason, built them that early lead for which just – like you said, Scott, when they fell behind the Kansas City – Basically, the Bucks could just go hunting, and I don't remember a game, at least one in this like stage, like a Super Bowl or a playoff game, where we talked, like we touched a little bit on a potential mismatch, which was JPP and Shaq Barrett uh, against these two backup offensive tackles. I can't remember a, ma- a mismatch looking that much, like as much of a mismatch as it possibly could be and more. I mean, yeah, I, I think Mahomes was bailing out like ten- – scramble 10 yards backwards on every single pass. Uh, I know Next Gen Stats put out a, a, a metric that he ran something like 490 yards or something before his snap, his throws or or sacks, the most that anyone's done all season. It was insane. I know I saw another thing too where they put like, they actually traced like where Brady ran post-snap to where Mahomes ran post-snap. <laughs> Brady, it's obviously just like a straight line backwards the entire game. For Mahomes, it's like this way, this way, this way, and this way, and this way, in all different ways. I know this is great audio, but you get the picture. It was as much of a mismatch as it possibly could be. I think that's a huge credit to Bulls. I think that's a huge credit to just the entire Tampa Bay um, arsenal. And as much as you know, we t- talk about guys like Brady and Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette, all of which scored. Um, they played a, these new Bucks played a big part of it. That infrastructure on defense was already present going into this game. And so I think there's a lot to like lean on, like back on for Tampa Bay. You know, I, I want to piggyback to what you said about Mahomes. I thought Mahomes actually had an incredible game. It, it's not going to yeah. show up in the stats. They scored nine points. They never got in the end zone. But there are so many plays that should have been 15-yard sacks. That should have been yeah. absolutely no chance of a, of a success here. And he was throwing these dark – look, we've seen it from Patrick Mahomes. We know he's the wizard of the NFL. But there are places where it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he got the ball away. And then it hit somebody in the helmet. It hit somebody Scotty, in the hands. Scotty, the pass – he was he threw a pass parallel. Like he was parallel to the ground. <laughs> I was going to say, not even, a, not even an off-platform throw, like a no-platform throw. No he's, platform. He's fully off the ground and parallel to the – yeah, absolutely. And Amazing. let's not forget, you know, he was playing through a, a – the type of toe injury that isn't going to go away until yeah. except for rest, you know, two weeks wasn't enough to make that feel good. So I, the great thing about Patrick Mahomes is even when he doesn't quote unquote play well, I, I thought he really was, was remarkable in this game. It's just, he had almost no help and the situation became so untenable for him. And, you know, we, a lot of times we talk about when teams have offensive line problems, you think, well, 
Andy Reid's got two weeks to work on it. You can mask an offensive line that you don't trust in the passing game easier than the rushing game. This looked like the Chiefs had no answers on the offensive line. Yeah. That unit got destroyed, I thought, you know, for 60 minutes. And and Tampa Bay just that. And the problem with the MVP, I get why. And this, this is one reason why there's so much Brady fatigue. When, so, when anybody wins more than they quote unquote should, um, there's going to be fatigue. There was, you know, there, there was Lance Armstrong fatigue. There was New York Yankees fatigue. A lot of people are enjoying the fact that Duke basketball isn't good this year because there's been Duke fatigue or Kentucky fatigue. This was a game where the MVP, I thought, was the defense, but there was no overwhelming candidate. I've, I've always mm-hmm. been complaining that the first Eli Manning Super Bowl MVP belongs to Justin Tuck, that he dominated that game. But the problem was that there were so many Giants who played great on defense yeah. in that in that day, that afternoon, that Tuck couldn't stand out enough that the voters could gravitate to a Tuck vote. If there was one Tampa Bay, it's silly that it comes down to this, but if Shaq Barrett had, say, picked up a fumble and rumbled into the end zone with it, in addition to everything else he did, maybe he could have won the MVP or one of the linebackers had picked off a pass and run it back for a touchdown or something. We need something portable that the voters can latch onto. Yeah. There wasn't that. So although I think the defense is more the story of why this game was as lopsided as it was, when the voters don't see the portable angle on defense, they're going to vote for the quarterback as there a default was, pick. There was a there was a ball in the second half, and I'm blanking on who the, the Kansas City receiver was that got um, – I think they ruled that it hit the ground, but it sh- it sure looked like maybe it got batted up by his by the fingertips, and Levante David came up with it. And I I feel like that interception for Levante David in in, in combination with the I mean Kelsey put up some numbers, but he didn't make it into the end zone. And David was on an island against him a lot, sometimes yeah. for like three four seconds, knocked down a couple of passes. I. I thought Levante David had like a, a, a signature sort of, I hope this puts him in the Hall of Fame kind of game. And, I, and, and he maybe should have had an interception too that I think could have led to an MVP. Yeah, I, I love the points both of you guys are making. And, and I, I want to address the, the Brady fatigue part of this real quick because I don't know. I will admit to as much as anyone that I had Patriots fatigue no question about it like at that point at the point where you know the last time they won the super bowl it was basically just like okay i'm just gonna submit to the empire like let's let the death star blow up my planet who cares whatever and obviously when derrick henry and the titans take them out uh, then i'm like all right we did it the rebels blew up the death star like great we this is cool i'm, I'm in on this I, I i feel like if you still have if you're going to let Tom Brady being on the Bucks ruin the Bucks winning the Super Bowl, I feel like you're kind of emotionally dense. That seems like a harsh <laughs> thing to say, but there are so many guys from the coaching staff to the players. I mean, Chris Godwin, like like you said, Levante David, one of the NFL's most underrated players. Um, yeah. JPP blew off parts of his hand, and now he's you know a star in a Super Bowl again. Shaq Barrett had a ton of troubles in Denver and ends up uh, becoming this superstar here. Um, and then there's Indomitian Sue, the NFL's mercenary. But you know we don't have to talk about that part. Like there's so many guys worth. Re- Mike Evans, one of the most productive players in the NFL, uh, never gets the love that he deserves as a top five, top ten receiver, consistent stud, first playoff run, wins the Super Bowl. There's so many good stories to this Bucks team that I feel like if you're just going to focus on Brady and let that like, oh, man, Brady ruined another season for us. I don't know. That that seems kind of silly to me. Yeah, it takes a village to it takes a village to be successful. Uh, Devin White, I mean, he looks like a, just a mo- up and coming superstar in the linebacker core. 
Tampa Bay had last been to a Super Bowl, I'm sorry, playoffs in what, 2007, I want to say. They were that really fun carnival last year with Jameis, but they won seven and nine. Uh, it, it was fun to see Brady in a different uniform. You know, it's as much as in sports, I think we think of, oh, it's cool, Cal Ripken only played for one team, or it's cool, Kobe Bryant only played for one team. There's also, I don't know. Gretzky was kind of fun in Los Angeles. It was kind of fun that Shaq moved around. I LeBron's been, you know, on, on I guess if you count the Cavaliers twice, he's been on four different teams. Um, there's something to be said for that too. I, I, when Brady first signed with the Buccaneers, it just looked strange to see him in that uniform. Now it doesn't seem strange anymore. I've yeah. always liked that venue. I, is it so weird that they won all their road games in the NFC playoffs and then they get a quote-unquote home game in the Super Bowl? Um, I, I thought that was kind of neat. I, I like the Buccaneers uniforms and stuff. I, you make such a great point, though. I, football is about so many different things, so many different coaches. And, you know, for all the talk of Arians, it, it's interesting. I, I mentioned Brady and Gronkowski is coming out of retirement, and Bruce Arians came out of retirement. You know, his career was over. He's just going to sit in the couch and enjoy his golden years, decide to come back to football. I mean, at any point, I could see him stepping down, although it sounds like he's not going to. But there are so many different we, – we could tell – we could do – 30 of these podcasts to tell 30 different stories if we wanted to, because that's the way football football is never going to be about one person. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, Peyton Manning also wins the Super Bowl, obviously with the Denver Broncos too. And I think there's a lot of parallels. Just it's cool to see these all time greats finish their career somewhere else and completely change the culture. And, you know, we talk, we're talking about Levante David, who, by the way, Andy, just to put some numbers to what you said earlier, uh, five targets Kelsey had against Levante David, three catches, 23 yards, uh, only yeah. five yards after the catch. Like that, that is a great performance by David. Um, he said it after the NFC championship game that, you know, guys are starting to cry after winning that game, like a trip to the Super Bowl and Brady's going up to them, you know, like, what the F are you doing? We still got another <laughs> game to win. And, and they went at, Brady said it in his speech, like they played their best, most complete game as a full team. Uh, it was, it was really, yeah, it, it, it's a great thing when you have obviously an elite quarterback, it's a huge advantage, but man, it is a whole nother thing when you have a full complete team effort like that. It was awesome to see. Um, let's spin it forward now when we look at both of these teams, sort of where do they go from here? Um, and let's start with the Chiefs. You know, did the Chiefs uh, crack the blueprint to beat Kansas City? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if you can get four of their five starting offensive linemen out of the picture, that would be nice, right? Like <laughs> if you can have Mike frickin' Remmers and another sub NFL player. Shout out to Mike <laughs> Remmers, another all-time Super Bowl. Even – this is some Panthers uh, deep stuff here, but even Charles Johnson, their old their old defensive end, uh, was like last night. They both played on that Super Bowl team that that lost to the Denver Broncos. Even he was tweeting last night, like I would just line everybody up over the left side where Mike Remmers was starting and just go after him. Like God, that's your former teammate. And it's still pretty painful. So yeah, I mean that might be a great a great blueprint. But where do the Chiefs kind of go from here? They don't have a ton of like key, key free agents. You know, Sammy Watkins contract is up. Obviously, like we said, they're, they're running back their Super Bowl team. You know, Daniel Sorensen, Brashad Breeland, Alex Okafor, some of their, you know, second tier uh, defensive players. But where do the Chiefs kind of go from here? They're still the NFL favorite to win the next Super Bowl uh, by a considerable margin the last time I saw. Obviously, Mahomes isn't going anywhere. And by the way, because Tampa Bay was very successful guarding Tyreek Hill for one day, 
this is still a guy who was going to rip Flipper Anderson out of the record book, you know, a couple of months ago. I, I don't feel like this, like, oh, we've solved Tyreek Hill. You just double him. If it was that simple, you know, Tyreek Hill would have ceased to be effective a long time ago. Yeah. Kansas City, and I think it's a great accomplishment to go to two straight Super Bowls, period. I don't, I don't care if you win them or not. It's just not easy to do. I think we, we see that there's maybe more depth in the NFC than there's in the AFC right now. But Kansas City's running it back. Um, they still have Reed. They still have the enemy. They obviously still have Mahomes with his two primary receivers. We've been looking for a, a third piece of this passing game to step forward. It's interesting. I, one of the props that I had that I liked that you know is a ripped-up ticket this morning – was McCole Hardman getting involved in that game? His yardage total was very low, like 27 or 28. And I think he had three targets in the first drive. One of them he wasn't even looking for. And they, they quickly pretty much just ripped that page out of the book and they, they ignored Hardman the rest of the game, probably justly yeah. so. But this offense, I think it's incumbent on them. I don't, I don't think they'll bring Watkins back, but maybe they will. But they need to find a third piece, you know, like the baseball pitcher who needs the third pitch. As much as it's great, to have Hill and to have Kelsey, and then they're going to be behemoths and they're going to be first and second round picks in fantasy, probably both first round picks. I think they need to try to figure out who that third offensive piece is. That said, whatever the Chiefs' problems may be, they're still the overwhelming favorite. If you were to go over to bet MGM right now and bet on the next Super Bowl winner, the favorite by far is the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll, I'll say that I think you're very right to point out that there's that wasn't really a blueprint for beating Kansas City because, I mean, how, how many teams have linebackers this fast um, right. capable of covering someone like Travis Kelsey? How many teams can legitimately get to Patrick Mahomes and, like, move him back off the line of scrimmage so so consistently with four guys, like with, with three, if four you, guys? If you can get a pass rush with four guys, everybody should do that. That's everybody's right. blueprint. Right. Right. It's, yeah. right. it's not a eureka moment. How do you beat? How do you beat Brady? Get pressure on him with four. How do you beat Patrick Holmes? Get yes. pressure on him with four. How do you beat right, Aaron right. Rodgers? Get pressure on him yeah. with four. And they, and they talk about oh, so and so quarterback doesn't like being hit. You know what? Quarterbacks don't like being hit. All of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, except maybe Andrew Luck, and t- look how that turned out for him. <laughs> the one, the one thing that uh, Kansas City didn't do, and, and that we always expect teams to do when the when the quarterback is getting heated up like that. Um, they they completed four passes to their running backs for almost nothing. Like that, you know, yeah. the th- that the normal answer to to my quarterback is under mm-hmm. constant pressure is screen game, quick stuff, and and they for whatever reason for a day they didn't seem to have any of it. Yeah, they yeah, had I, one I early did. screen that got busted, and that Barrett actually blew it up, and Mahomes had to throw it yeah. into the turf, mm-hmm. but. That is a great call that usually when you when the defense's aggression is getting to you, you use it against them and you run you know, maybe you know, some misdirection plays, certainly the screen game. And we've seen a trend with some of these mobile you – know, Mahomes you think of as a pass-first quarterback, but he's still very athletic, very mobile, very enterprising as a runner. And a lot of times those types of quarterbacks don't check down that much or don't use the running backs in the passing game. It's been an issue at times in Baltimore. It's been an issue at times in Arizona. And I, I wonder, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they drafted him in the first round when you, at a time where nobody really drafts running backs in the first round anymore. He had an injury, he hadn't had a, kind of had a close, a slow start. He had that time where he just couldn't buy a touchdown from, from in close. It feels like he had like a partial year. And then, and then look, we saw these young running backs really smashing later in the season when they got their sea legs, right? A bunch of them, Jonathan Taylor was, was so good at the end of the season. Swift was really willing, running well at the end of the year. 
Andy Reid is, is such a great offensive designer. I feel like they're going to have, we're going to see a, a very different CEH. A lot of people are going to just say, oh yeah, CEH, MEH, and just put, go hands off on him. I, I think he's set up to actually be a great value next year when they figure some of this stuff out. So, some of that may be an issue of trust too, because it's not like they didn't throw to Damian Williams. Like it felt true, su- super weirdly, like maybe they missed Damian Williams or at least the version of him from two or three years ago. Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. Like, it seemed like a lot of the normal answers that you would have to pressure just weren't possible in this game. I do think Andy Reid, not not Andy Reid's best game. You know, some of the confusing mm-hmm. time, like given time Tom Brady all those timeouts. Like, I know you want to get your guy back on the field too, but it's a it's a questionable thought. He you know, blew. Just, he blew the second quarter. You you just yeah. get a hope. You're only down eight points. That's one possession. That game, the game could have been a blowout at that moment, and it wasn't. Just get to halftime. You have the ball coming first you in the third the quarter. Back, yeah. That was a gigantic mistake to encourage. Tampa Bay was probably fine to run the clock out, too. I mean, you basically <laughs> – this was they ran back what Green Bay did. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. Tampa Bay doesn't want to score. Let's encourage them to try to score. It felt like yeah, they exactly. did. The, they made the same mistake that LaFleur did. They, they tried to get that double dip, you know, the touchdown or the field goal before the right. half and then get the ball back. They really wanted that but got burned by it. And, yeah, just – I agree. Just a lot of confusing moments by Reed in this game and in especially in that second quarter. And I don't know, especially even going for some of the, so many field goals too. Like it's just, it was one of those times where it's just like, come on, like get into the rhythm of the game and understand like you're kicking field goals, go for it on some of these fourth downs. I know it's early, but come on, give me a break. Um, I don't know. I feel cheated by the way that we didn't get to see Harrison Butker invariably miss the extra point that he was going to miss. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. I know a lot of people were betting on the doink, shame. In, uh, the doink kick, and that's the Harrison Butker extra point, right? I mean, this guy is a. What is it about this guy that he he's money from fifty three yards? But you know, you give him an extra point, yeah. and everybody's like, you know, just shaking and, and nervous of what's going to happen. Extremely strange. All right, let's flip this to the Tampa Bay side. Um, like we said, Brady's coming back, Bruce Arians coming back, they're running it back. But whereas Kansas City doesn't have a ton of key free agents, Tampa Bay has a ton of guys with their contracts about to expire. Let's run it down right now. The the off-mentioned Levante David will be a free agent. Shaq Barrett will be a free agent. Rob Gronkowski and Dominican Sue, Chris Godwin, uh, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, LaShawn McCoy, two-time Super Bowl winner. he'll be a free agent this year as well so i mean that's a ton of their key players i i do think obviously they have a really good young core on defense with guys like antoine winfield sean murphy bunting carlton davis but some of those guys will be due for extensions at some point here in the next couple years so you've got some future planning um i think they they'll it's tough like who do you franchise tag out of that top three group because i think basically the only ones you'd think about are david godwin and barrett you already tagged barrett last year so that's another consideration but tampa bay is set to lose a few pieces here yeah i had i had already sort of convinced myself that it was going to godwin until you start running down the list of players like how can how can levante david not be there um like yeah. uh, until until brady arrived brady is automatically your face of the franchise but that was like face of the franchise potential guy for me so i can't imagine david not there but again you can only play the you can only play the tag once and you you got to choose wisely also I- it sounds like you know Brady has already squashed what what his future is. I would never be surprised if Gronkowski walked away again. Yeah, you know, this is a guy who already retired for a solid year, who you know, wants to have a second act. He, he plays a very physical. Every, every position in football is physical, but I mean he's been beat up so much. 
that it wouldn't surprise me if we did that. I'll also, you know, did we miss out on the fact that w- was this a Leonard Fournette revenge game in the idea that he was cut by the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars that I'm checking on a map. Jacksonville apparently is in Florida. Uh, he, he signs <laughs> with the Florida team, plays in a Super Bowl headquartered in Florida and gets to show Jacksonville, you know, who, picking, you know, on the clock as we speak, you know, hoping that Trevor Lawrence is, is all that he's cracked up to be. I'm really curious to see what ha- we, we've seen, what, Running backs don't get second contracts, right? Unless you are a Christian McCaffrey or um, an Ezekiel Elliott. And there's a lot of people think that the Cowboys really screwed up when they gave Elliott the deal. I'm curious to see what the market turns out to be for Fournette, who is polished off. You know, Tampa Bay's become a little bit of a halfway house in the sense that not right. that these guys did anything wrong off the field, but you know, Fournette had bottomed out as an NFL commodity. I mean, Antonio Brown was too hot to touch. Nobody wanted to go near him. Not that well, Brown he might have done a few things wrong off the field. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, so yeah. yes, Brown. It's safe to say has had it. And, and I say that when you draft Antonio Brown, you have the ticker risk that you never know when there's just going to be a piece of news that that may affect Brown. And yeah. you know, hopefully he's he's straightening up and flying right. But a lot of moving pieces. David would be the guy I would prioritize, only in the sense that. They're going to have, even if they lose some of this receiving talent, they're still going to bring receiving talent back. Uh, Mike Evans is, I, I don't see a major drop. I know he's at an age where we start to get nervous about receivers. It, it's just, man, don't, don't you feel old when you see that class of 2014 start to get to the, the back <laughs> nine of their careers? It, it just feels a little bit strange. But um, as much as I love Godwin, David would be the first guy. I'm like, we, we got to find a way to keep him in this building. Yeah, maybe try to work out an extension with Godwin too. But could they they also definitely want to bring back Antonio Brown. And I feel like that's a marriage that just for better or for worse probably needs to remain together. Um, you know, because of the bond that Brady and uh, Brown weirdly share. I still don't really understand that relationship, but I don't I guess it's not my relationship to understand. So I, I could see them bringing back Brown on maybe a low cost deal. And then if Godwin hits the market, I mean, I think. I, I pro- might have said this on Thursday's show. Who the hell knows what I said last week at any point? But um, if if Godwin gets the market, teams are going to throw barrels of cash at him because he's young. Yeah. He does everything extremely well. Um, you know, I was going back and forth with Robert Mays uh, from The Athletic who wrote a great profile on Godwin uh, last week. I'd encourage everyone to even go check it out. Uh, the guy has no weaknesses in his game. He has, he has no no point where it's like, ah, yeah, Chris Cobb is not very good at doing that. So even if he just has two catches for nine yards in the Super Bowl, they didn't need a lot out of their passing game in, in this game once they got And he's hitting the market, so. right? I mean, there used to be that silly people like me who were worried about first-year new city receivers, and he's hitting the market in a year after Diggs went crazy, after Hopkins went right, bananas. Right. Even Robbie Anderson was really successful in yeah. Carolina. So if there's some teams that might have been hesitant to make that type of splash, that that glass window has been has been broken too. Yeah, for sure. Just a, a, what the type of receiver that would literally make any uh, receiver core better. So there's a lot of questions for Tampa Bay, but I think we'll all be interested in fantasy, especially to draft basically anyone um, on this offense next year. Because the crazy part is, I feel like we just started to see the ceiling potential. For, for this offense, you know, like it, it was right towards the end of the year where I feel like Brady and Leftwich and Arians all kind of got on the same page with each other. Um, even Scotty Miller might be, if Godwin does move on or Antonio Brown does move on, those guys, Tyler Johnson's another yep. uh, player that flashed a lot this year, has a good route running profile coming out of college. So like, yeah, there's there's a lot to be interested in this Tampa Scotty Bay. Scotty Miller's right good, man. He had that big yeah. catch in the New Orleans game. He was really starting to come into his own when they made the Brown signing and that just 
kind of turned him into an irrelevant piece, um, an overlapping piece they didn't need. Let me ask you this. I, I talked about Kansas City being the clear Super Bowl favorite and obviously the AFC favorite. The NFC is, is just jumbled. I assume Green Bay is going to you know, figure things out with Rodgers. It's always an odd situation. I always feel like there's a non-zero chance that maybe Rodgers could go off the rails and say, ah, I'm going to go play golf or I'm going to go do something else. But I think he's coming back. We don't know yet who the New Orleans quarterback will be. Seattle's kind of been yeah. a holding pattern for a while. San Francisco can't have the the horrible health that they had the previous year. I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to anoint anybody in the NFC East as a legitimate contender. Tampa Bay obviously just won the Super Bowl. Do you guys see, if, if I if it put your feet to the fire right now and said, who's the NFC favorite right now to go to the Super Bowl next year? Is anybody jumping out at you? Hmm. And you um, go first. <laughs> well, we've ha- I mean, we've had this whole, there, there's a whole quarterback musical chairs game that is is still unfolding and is only beginning to happen right now. Um, I'm super interested to see what the the Rams are. I'm super interested to see who's actually at the controls of San Francisco's offense. But I mean, the, the, I, like if I have to pick one right now, it's, I mean, it's probably Tampa Bay running it back. I also think that like, you know, Carolina could get frisky in a hurry um, and they have attempted to make some bold moves for a quarterback. It hasn't worked out yet. We'll see who lands there. I, I feel like it's probably not going to be Teddy, but that offense could get really exciting if they land the right player. Yeah, they've they've basically uh, signaled that if Teddy Bridgewater is our week one starter, we're not happy about it by the fact yeah. that they offer the eighth overall pick for Stafford. Um, yeah, if they land like a Deshaun Watson type, I agree that could make things really interesting in the NFC South, but I still don't see the Panthers as really ready to compete with a team like Tampa. I agree. I think um, Andy's got it. It would probably be Tampa Bay. But look, I think that the Packers could really change this narrative as well because I think the biggest thing that's coming out of Rodgers voicing his um, displeasure or, uh, you know, just general lack of clarity about his future or whatever (laughs) after that game. I think that was I think Mike Silver had that right where it's like basically, hey, go get me some help. Hey, maybe go make a big swing for a Chris Godwin type of receiver that would make our receiving core elite, you know, maybe bring, uh, you know, with this, that or the other. So Green Bay could definitely make this conversation interesting, not really inspired by their defensive coordinator hire. Uh, and obviously, I think we have to kind of put a TBD on the Rams uh, in the NFC West. Um, obviously, if Deshaun Watson ends up in San Francisco, a whole other conversation. Like Andy said, there's a lot of dominoes still to fall, but I do feel like Tampa Bay and or Green Bay right there is the favorite. Uh, anything else? Any other final thoughts coming out of this game? Anyone want to make an apology to Tom Brady for doubting him? Um, I'm not going to do <laughs> you know, it. I'm looking at Tom Brady's football reference page right now. And which just I mean, there's a million things that blow your mind, but. I know quarterback wins. A lot of people just throw their noses up at it. But I, I, look, the quarterback's the most important part of why a team wins a game. You can obviously win a game when a quarterback plays lousy. You can obviously lose a game when a quarterback plays great. Think of that Tony Romo-Peyton Manning game where Romo plays out of his mind. Yeah. There's one, ba- one, one pass that Danny Trevathan somehow intercepts, and then, you know, everybody blames Romo unfairly. But Brady has won double-digit games in just about, let's see, every season in a row since 2008 when he got hurt. And if you don't count that 2008 season against him, it goes all the way back to 2002 when they went nine and seven. He's never had a losing record. It's it's amazing. And for all the people who want to say, well, yeah, look at all the defenses he had. Look at Belichick. You know, look at all the great coaches, blah, 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 all the infrastructure in, New, in, New, in uh, New England. He just went to a Tampa Bay team that had not seen the playoffs since 
dinosaurs roamed the earth. I mean, it, it had been 2007 and a team that went, was really fun seven and nine last year, but they were still just seven and nine. We're never going to see this again. I, I, I'm not saying Brady, if you want to say Manning's the best quarterback of all time, maybe by the time Mahomes is done, he'll be the best quarterback of all time. I, those debates don't really interest me. But yeah. as far as the, if you just want to go by, okay, resume, how often did you show up in Super Bowls? How often did you win them? Nobody's ever going to do this again. And then football's a team game. It, it is incumbent on so many different people. It's not like Brady inspired the linebackers to, to cover Travis Kelsey or the secondary to keep uh, Tyreek Hill under wraps, which almost nobody can do. Uh, it still blows my mind. I, I felt like Hill could have had 400 yards in that November game. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when Hank Aaron passed away, I spent like a day in the Hank Aaron football reference. When you look at immortals, whoever it is, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Ted Williams, it doesn't matter. You can just get lost in what their careers are because it's, it's all on a page and it just kind of makes you dizzy. And, you know, Brady has that resume. Uh, you know, hats off to him. He somehow won a championship at age 43 when, when most guys are like five years out of the league. Yeah, that was, Nobody... the, that was the point. That was the point I was going to make about Brady. And, and it, it holds true of everybody else that you just listed there true uh, as well. It's, it's certainly true of Hank Aaron. Um, like nobody's ever been good at Brady's age. Like literally no one has ever been good at his position <laughs> at this age. And that was true like two years ago. <laughs> like He's going to yeah. go into his age 44 season. Nobody had ever been good at 42 and he was great. And now he was great at 43. Like, but like you might get a kicker who is still competent at the NFL level at 43. Maybe. And that is literally it. It certainly never has happened at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, nobody, I think was really seriously arguing that anyone else is the greatest football player of all time, greatest quarterback of all time, other than Tom Brady going into this game. Like, no one was saying that Patrick Holmes has already passed Brady. I mean, it's obviously – you just never know. what Like, it took for Rodgers. Rodgers has never been back to another Super Bowl. You know, Manning took forever for yeah. him to get there. You never know. Like, we obviously expect the Chiefs to be a juggernaut forever, but um, things happen in sports, you know, like especially in football. We, not, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, Mahomes could easily be back there next year. He could easily have a five-year gap between his couple of Super Bowls. So Marina, we'll Marina s- went in his second season, and you would have anybody would have thought he, this is the oh, first yeah. of four or five exactly. trips. Never went back. Drew Brees went very early in his New Orleans career, and you all – if I told you, hey, Breeze is going to be here and Peyton's going to be here for like another 11 years, you, you would have thought two or three Super Bowls for sure. It's just hard to go. Things need to go right. And you, sometimes the ball's going to bounce your way or the call's going to go your way. And yeah, and I know people love to point that out. There are people who have Twitter cottage industries of just pointing out every break that's gone Brady's way. But I don't know. Can you really get, get a life? When you, when you go to 10 Super Bowls, how, how much of that is luck and how much of that is, you know, maybe you imposed your will in a lot of those games too. Yeah, and just last thing here. You said it, Scott. It really is like a belief, I think, that Brady installs too. Uh, I I fully believe in that in the culture. And, like, all you have to say about this Tampa Bay team is imagine what these guys – like the the, sort of that week 12 point when they lose to the Chiefs, uh, they go into their bye week. Just imagine what these guys that were on the 2019 Bucks would have thought if it's like, well – We've got Jameis <laughs> damn Winston the rest of the way. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll figure this out instead of now they can say we have the greatest player to ever play the sport. I think we're going to figure it out. Yeah, it's just a different culture. It's a different belief. But as you are 
as Scott mentioned, looking through all the Tom Brady football reference pages, uh, deciphering all of those weird nicknames he's got up top. I, I think we got to have a conversation about some of those. <laughs> While you're doing, nobody's that. ever called him the Pharaoh. I have not one, not one except. Never, never heard that one ever, uh, even in a in, from the most random broadcaster. But we'll leave that. While you're looking at those nicknames, while you're looking at those stats, throw your headphones in your ear and check out all the great Yahoo Sports podcast offerings we have. Check out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler, the Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our friend Pat Forty from SI. Post it up with Chris Haynes to talk all things NBA. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at Andy Barons and at Scott underscore Pianowski. We'll be back next week. But until then, we're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.